Man, what's good out here on these screens? This is your boy DJ94 back with another episode. Y'all already know what we out here doing. We're talking a little sports for y'all. Power fans, please bear with me. I promise y'all, I got an episode for power to review coming soon. It's just really just sitting on the pen. I got some more I got to add to it. So just bear with me because it's coming. It's coming. But for right now, today, let's talk about a couple of moves that were made in the last couple of days, including the day. We're going to talk about Kevin Love's extension with the Cavs and what that means for that organization. We're going to talk about your boy, IT, making news once again. Got to call that man vocal. He about, he, about, he about as vocal with his personal thoughts as Trump is with his Twitter fingers. Because this man always saying something that hurts his stock. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into Carmelo Anthony doing what I said. I said this like two episodes ago. He's going to sign with the Rockets, and he signed officially with the Rockets for the minimum of $2.4, $2.6 million. So we're going to dive right into that. But I want to go ahead and get started with this Kevin Love thing, his extension to choose to play four more years in Cleveland. Ugh. Listen, man, if LeBron's not in Cleveland, nobody should want to be in Cleveland. I'm just saying. I've been to the city a couple times, and I've been like, yeah, see, I, I visited, and now I'm ready to get back on the plane. Not a bad place uh, when it comes to business. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not insulting the city. I'm insulting the sports town. It's a little, I mean, come on now. The Cleveland Cavaliers, Cavaliers just started winning uh, you know, recently. I'm going to give Kyrie Irving a little bit of credit. kind of added some excitement for, or for a little bit. Then LeBron came back and, of course, delivered that championship in 2016. Other than that, Cleveland Browns garbage. I mean, Ohio State owns the, the state of Ohio when it comes to football. Cincinnati, garbage. Oh, garbage. We don't want to be there. So Kevin Love resigning to, uh, for a four-year deal just tells me that he's just – Competent with just not, he doesn't want to be the guy. Let's just put, let's put it that way. He doesn't want to be the guy on a, on a championship team anymore. That's not to say that Kevin Love is not as skillful a player. That's not to say that Kevin Love was not dropping buckets for Minnesota when he was there because he was a walking bucket. Literally, the guy was a double double night in, night out. But the problem was he was putting out incredible stats, but his team was not winning. That was the problem. And so he never had a really a winning mentality or a winning situation until LeBron came uh, to the Cleveland Cavaliers. But what it also say, uh, it says about Kevin Love love is the sense of loyalty he, he said you know to lebron james that if he resigned he will he would consider playing with lebron for the rest of his career so he's kind of stayed true to that and, and signing a four-year uh minimum because after that pretty much he's going to be on minimum deals um he may be like a bench piece or so when he get because he'll be like what mid-30s I, I believe or something like he's about to be like 30 31 this year so but here's the problem with kevin love man like kevin love is not a, a guy if kevin love is your star your first round exit. Um, I I've been on record before, and I don't think I've said this over you know th- these airwaves, but I've been on record numerous times since LeBron left, saying the Cleveland Cavaliers still have enough talent to make the playoffs in the East. I mean, let's get let's be honest, it's the Eastern Conference Finals. It's really three teams: Toronto, Philadelphia, and Boston. And everybody else kind of falls in line. You have your Milwaukee's, you have the Pacers. I think the Knicks are going to make it in this year. Um, and obviously, I think the Cavaliers are going to make it in maybe seventh or eighth seed, but they're not going to decline that much. Um, Dan Gilbert, what this move says is Dan Gilbert and Kobe Altman are not interested in tanking. So they're just pretty much saying we took we took the number one pick 
That's our guy. We're going to develop him. We're going to develop some more youth on our team. And we're going to roll with it. You know, we're going to roll to 30, 32, you know, 32. I think potentially they can win about 43 games this year. Um, I think Sexton is the real deal. Um, I think I think Jr. and Thompson, you'll see those guys flourish now that they're not just stand and shoot guys or or catch catch and dunk guys rebound. They're not limited to roles now, so they're gonna you, you should see a flourishing of an offense. Let me tell you this much, man. For people say getting on my man Tyron Lue saying, oh he he just got promoted to a coach. Let me remind you, this man came back from a three one deficit. That doesn't happen because LeBron's greatness. That happens because of a good strategy. That happens because. He put he puts together game plans that work effectively. He can't be on the court and shoot shots for Jr. shooting 0 for 11. He can't be on the court for Jeff Green, who's giving you 0 for 7 behind the yard. He can't be on the uh, court for Kyle Korver, who can't buy a basket against Golden State. These are factors that are that are true. But what he can do is he can't work on his rotations. I think there was a lot of pressure on him last year to just put it together. Obviously, LeBron wasn't going to settle for anything less than get into the playoffs because the guy literally willed his way to the playoffs with the garbage team behind him. And that's not to discredit everybody else, but you're playing in LeBron's system. So LeBron's system is drive to the basket, get, find a spot, be ready to catch and shoot. Or roll to the basket, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find you on an assist, and, you, and, and I'm going to get you in the post. Those are the two ways that LeBron's flourished uh, uh, over the years of, quote-unquote, getting other people better. Now, mind you, this is my boy LeBron. I love LeBron James, but I'm also objective. It's hard to play with LeBron. If you're not a good spot-up shooter, if you're not constantly moving, then the office is going to be ISO or stagnant, and you're not going to be able to really be a good player. We've seen a lot of players lose their uh, their stock as a player because their their stats have depleted. Kevin Love has taken that hit over the last four years the most. He's been on traded blocks. He's, been, he's seen a lot of his game disappear. Um, or dissipate from what he was in Minnesota. And for a lot of people saying that Minnesota, he's going to be the same guy he was in Minnesota, I don't think he will. I think he'll be a shell of what he was because he's a little older now and he's also had a lot of injuries on, on the record on his body. And I think it's going to catch up with him as well. The question for, for the Cleveland Cavaliers is, can ultimately Kevin Love, can he at least give you 50 games where he's healthy? I don't know because, I mean, every year I get I cringe when this guy literally just – plays defense because you don't know if, like you know who's going to come down and twist the arm you know popping he's had knee issues ankle issues uh i think he tore what, tore some ligaments in his fingers this past play i was like, i don't know how durable he is if that's your guy you're one and you're you're a first round exit and i mean people are saying oh it's the, the east is weak oh east is weak enough that cleveland cavaliers can still be a good enough threat to get to the playoffs and get, be a first round exit from Boston or Toronto or Philly, whichever one, pick your poison. Um, Cleveland will at least make it back to the playoffs. If not, they'll still win. I still have them winning between 35 and 40 games because Colin Sexton is going to come in hungry. And I think he has a little bit of a ship on his shoulder because he was expecting, I think he was expecting that LeBron would have stayed. And basically what LeBron said was, screw that. I'm not interested in playing in a po- uh, with a point guard as a rookie. I'm here to win now. So he went to L.A. with younger talent that's no, no, maybe a year or two older than Colin Sexton rather than sticking with it and seeing how Colin Sexton develops and finishing his career on Cleveland. Slap in the face, and I think you got to ultimately watch out for how Colin Sexton plays this year because I think he's going to have some highlights. I think the kid is really, really good, and I think he has a lot to bring to the table. Now, now that I'm off the Cavaliers because that's a mouthful, that's how you, that's what I think about the Kevin Love situation and ultimately him, him signing. I, ultimately, my, my final take with that is Kevin Love – 
is here for the money. He got his ring. He's he's just trying to get his payday, trying to get, you know, be the poster boy for a little bit before he starts diminishing. And then I think Colin Sexton is going to be Colin Sexton's team. Another noticeable uh, guy I didn't mention was Jetty Osmond. The guy basically is a, I was a, his game is basically now Kyle Korver and a LeBron James now uh, with how he moves and how he shoots. I mean, literally it's impeccable. I'm looking for his numbers to go up this year. I'm looking for him to be more productive. I think the guy um, didn't really get his chance in the playoffs, and he's going to show how much worth he is. And I also think that Ante Zizic needs to get some minutes over uh, Double T. Eventually, I think Double T needs to start just because of the fact he's been there and you know what you're getting out of the Double T. But eventually, i like to see Ante Zizic get over, over Thompson. He's a bigger, true center. And I think ultimately, they're going to be able to solve the problem of having a, bi- a true big man that can rebound and, and be a defensive presence, a rim protector. And you're going to also see Tyron Lu be the coach that we know he can be. I don't think, like, again, again, I don't think the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to fall off too far off the map. All right, so that's my that's my take off the Cleveland Cavaliers. Let's move over to IT. IT recently said in an interview that he had recently reached out to his old team, Boston, and said that he would be open to coming back at some point in time down the line and wouldn't even mind coming off the bench just to get back to Boston. He said he plays his best, best basketball there. He's, his family felt at home there. Everything was just perfect for Isaiah Thomas until he was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers in that Kyrie Irving trade. Now, here's the funny part about Boston in that situation right now. What's funny about that is the fact that they trade for Kyrie Irving, who gets hurt this year with a knee injury that they had to go back in his knee and basically fix the previous knee surgeries he had about a couple years ago when he went in. And uh, they basically put a wire in there to, you know, piece everything together. They had to go back in, do it again. So now Kyrie Irving is, is, is as great as he is. You're questioning his durability for the season because this is not the first season or the first time we've had to question Kyrie Irving and how many times he's going to be injured or be there. This guy is going to be is going to be a potential max player for Boston for the Boston Celtics. Do you want to max out a guy that first off you don't even know who if he's buying in truly to the Boston College uh, the, the Boston um uh. God, what I hate when I do that. I lose my thought. Uh, the the Boston culture, or do you ultimately want to want to trade and try to see if you can get something better? I think that Boston pretty much lost its window to trade. Um, I don't think they need to because I mean I think that um, Danny Ainge has built this team so well that I mean obviously they don't really need Kyrie Irving to be successful. Now I rumors have on the grapevine that Kyrie Irving is moving on to New York and he's trying to bring Jimmy Butler with him in 2019, which is a good look considering what what New York guy has for themselves. I think ultimately if New York makes it to the playoffs or they have a great season, I think a great season for New York would be like a you know a 35 to 42 win season for them. Which I think like honestly that's borderline playoff for the East. So if they make it to the playoffs under their new coach David Fisdale and uh, Kevin Knox and and they can and um, Porzingis proven that he can be a durable player. I think you're going to see uh, the rise of a potential super team in New York with Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Knox, and and Porzingis. And I mean, obviously, you can just put a bunch of shooters and and defenders around those guys, that role player wise. And I think you're good to go as far as New York being revived and New York being respectable brand, a basketball franchise. But that's the story for another day. I'm off topic. Going back to IT. So here's my thing about IT, man. I mean, it's a sad story because I think he played his best ball in Boston. I think he was happiest in Boston. I think he was the man in Boston. I think he was uh, going to get that Brinks truck that he always talked about in Boston. The problem was, though, uh, 
the hip injury. And I think, you know, this balls back to what I was saying about, you know, um, my man Kawhi Leonard and IT having similarities in similar situations. We we rag on Kawhi for sitting down, knowing his body more than we do, and saying, you know what, look, I'm seriously hurt. I'm gonna sit out this season. I'm gonna save myself and and years of basketball and money of basketball because we've seen this happen with IT, who let his pride get in the way, let the moment of the time get in his way. And I understand and I respect him for it, but now now athletes are fighting battles now as to say, man, is there ever a good time to get injured because you may get traded? And with Danny Ainge, the guy is ruthless when it comes to making this when it comes to pursuing a championship and it comes to uh keeping Boston a household name. He's gonna do anything he can to make sure that Boston is in the mix, if not a championship contender year in and year out. And that's what you have to respect about Danny Ainge. And that, with that business comes a lot of cutthroat decisions you have to make. Um, Kelly Olenek, you know, they weren't going to pay him the money, okay? I'm going to Miami. Um, God, what, what's my man's name uh, who was just there with uh, IT? Um, it'll come to me in a second. He ended up, uh, they moved him to Detroit. He ended up going to, uh, to, to the Clippers. You know, he was a hell of a player, but they weren't going to pay him that max. And ultimately, you know, you got to make hard decisions. When you're a winning franchise, every decision you make is hard. As Golden State uh, next year, when you have to make a decision about who to give money to, uh, who's going to take another budget, uh, another cut to keep the team together. Because when you're a championship team in their prime, you want to try to keep them together. Obviously, I don't think DeMarcus Cousins is going to stay. I think he's in a... He's in a stage year, which for me, that stage year means that, you know, he's just trying to see how, how, he, how he responds with the Achilles injury and try to get himself a ring and try to get himself that mass contract in 2019. But ultimately, man, it's sad what happened to IT. Um, I don't think he needs to go back because honestly, I think if, if Danny Ainge saw the worth in keeping IT in the system, um, using a 5'9 guy and trusting the fact that he's going to be a sole piece in your championship team, then he would have kept him around or at least added some pieces to compensate for his you know, height loss and the fact he can't really play that uh, defense against people. Um, I mean, I think that what, he, what, what Isaiah Thomas could improve on the defense side, though he can't stay in front of somebody, he can have quick hands. Um, so when you deal with a guy who can, who is a good handler with the ball, maybe you can, you know, rack up your your uh, chart on steals because you're a quick, crafty dis- defender. Um, I think it's always had the finesse in the heart. When it comes to the dog in them, I think it's there. When it comes to the competitiveness on the defensive side and just in the game, I think a guy like Nate Robinson will all, always eclipse a guy like it being his type because Nate Robinson had all the intangibles. And he, it's just you forgot that he was five nine. That's that's how great he was. It is great, but you know on the defensive side is so deplorable that we we're like, damn, he's five nine. If he was like six one, six four, maybe he could play. He could be a great player. That's what we always say about it, and I think that's what Danny Ainge behind the scenes has been saying about it. Like he's a great player, but can I really win a championship or can I? have a championship team with IT on it. Now, I think IT needs to really, for the fact of, that he's with Denver right now, he's playing for next year, or pretty much for the remainder of his career. Let's put it there, because he's, he's 30, what, 30, 31, or 30, this, yeah, he's 31, getting ready to come up this year. So he's playing for the rest of his career. He's playing to get maybe, you know, 80, 80 mil, 70, 70 to $90 million, maybe on a future contract to finish out his career. So he needs to be keeping his mouth shut. He needs to audition for Dem- uh, Denver. He needs to make the start and roll. He needs to show people that he can still do this. He can still be an elite point guard in the league, in the West. And I think what other way than to see Denver go to the playoffs this year, which I think they can do it this year. I think they have enough pieces in line 
with uh with what they have on the team but turning and also adding some young pieces that they desperately needed um to make that team uh elite in the west because it's hard because the west is very stacked this year so i think that needs to be it's focus is to get back on the floor get his confidence back in his hips get his confidence back in his game i want to see it average like 2021 20, you know i want to see him you know be in there i want to see some a couple assists on the stat sheet i would like to see some steals on the defensive side so at least teams can say that okay he's not that bad we can't we have to take him off the floor or we have to hide him in defensive uh strategies because that's really hard to do with uh, uh with the it because teams are going to go after him um so let's talk quickly about this carmelo thing and then i'm going to end it for this episode of talk that ish um look i i said this a couple days ago i said it made sense for carmelo to go and i told you guys why Ultimately, CP3 knows his boy Carmelo. Carmelo's going to be back. I think Carmelo's going into the perfect situation because, you know, you they all play ISO ball anyway. So James Harden, ISO, dribble, 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 breakdown, shoot. That's that's his game. CP3 is an orchestrator, so he's gonna, you know, he can get his own shot and he can also set, uh, create for others as well as create for himself. So that's a good move. I think he, I think the key part of what I said just then is creating for somebody else. He can create excellently for a car, a guy like Carmelo, who I think has at least two or three more years worth of great game left in his uh, arsenal. The guy just took a bad rep with Russell Westbrook because I love Russell Westbrook's competitiveness, but very hard guy to play with if you're not. Uh, consistently on your on, um, in shape. If you're not a guy that can get up and down the court, uh, who you can you know find easy dishes to and get you some points. That's not Carmelo's game. Carmelo's game. Carmelo's game is more of about slowing the game down. Uh, give me the ball in the post. Let me go to work. Uh, give me the give me the ball. Um, coming off a fast break. Let me shoot this three. That's his game. He's never been that guy that can spot up and shoot or. Uh, pick and pop like they were trying to do in OKC. That's not his game. So I think okay, I think he benefits with the Houston Rockets. And people say, oh man, this is bad. Carmelo's not the same player of past. Man, look, as long as Carmelo gives them what twelve to fifteen in the playoffs and has an occasional uh, burst out game of twenty five to thirty points, maybe here and there, maybe he has like four of those. That's still a very valuable piece that, that that Houston needs to stay in contention because obviously when you lose Trevor Ariza and when you lose uh, Mbaya Mute, uh, two, two of your best defenders on, defenders on the wing that guard the other team's best players, you want to at least compensate with that with, with, a, at least, with an excellent, consistent offensive piece you know you can go to. And I mean, Carmelo is a very still. I mean, people laugh. He doesn't play defense. He's a capable defender. He's six eight. He, he has you know he can play. He's capable of playing. I think he's just lazy. And I think now that you have a guy like CP three who's going to be on him about playing defense. I think and we saw James Harden play a little defense under CP three. I think he'll do that with Melo because you know CP three is going to get to the point. He's going to be like, look, I want to run the ring before my career is out. I think. Melo needs a ring to complete his his career because without one, he's going to be another Charles Barkley. He's going to be another player. I uh, excuse me, he's going to be another um, player. Allen Iverson that didn't get a ring. They, they were great players, but didn't get a ring. They traded money. They traded uh, big market play for for instead of for the rings. He, and and um, Melo's case, I mean, he's gotten gold medals, but those medals mean nothing unless you get a ring in the NBA. In the NBA, and I think preferably. CP3 and Melo can make their careers. James Harden can make their careers, but I think it has to be against Golden State. I think they have to be Golden State as currently dis- as currently constructed, which I think is highly doubtful because they're just too deep and just too dangerous at this point, all five positions for the uh, Houston Rockets. But if they can pull that off, that's totally going to re you know replenish 
and finish out CP3's career. That he'd be the greatest team assembled. And he almost damn near did it this past year had it not been for the injuries that he sustained in the last two games that ultimately caused James Harden to go back to what he was doing prior, uh, prior to CP3 coming. And that's playing hero ball. That's continuing to shoot that's, uh, shoot a shot that's not there. And I think with a guy like Carmelo, you're getting a guy that can slow the game down that adds another another um, layer to, to Houston's arsenal when it comes to offense. Slowing it down, being able to go to another mid-range proven, uh, proven stroke that can hit from the mid-range. And that's, that's another uh, thing now that I think teams are going to have to worry about other than a three ball for uh, Houston. Because, you know, you can live and you die by the three ball. I think, you know, the experiment of trying to outshoot the Golden State Warriors is failing. You have to have a good variety. Obviously, you have to have a team that plays defense first. You have to have decent three-point shooting and mid-range shooting because these guys are very quick and they and they can um, recover very fast from blown defensive coverage. The Golden State can close on you really quick because they're still young and athletic and and they, they, they communicate very well with each other on defense. And also, the length of Kevin Durant, uh, of DeMarcus Cousins, of Sean Livingston, of Andre Iguodala, um, of uh, even even Thompson, these guys are tall, linky guys that can really clog the passing lane. So you got to be precise with your passes. You got to be able to you know keep these guys in their heels by hitting from the post, hitting from the mid range, hitting from the three point. Because once you become predictable, once you they know what you're doing, it's going to be very hard to win against Golden State because they're truly. A, a well put together old machine that's built to win championships. And now that they have DeMarcus Cousins, they don't have a weakness on the floor. So I think bringing Carmelo Anthony to the Houston Rockets is great. It's gonna it's gonna add and, and improve. I think Carmelo's game again back to not what it was in New York, but respectable in the league. I think he's gonna average maybe eighteen to eighteen to nineteen points this year. I think you know you're gonna see some defense from Melo because CP3 don't tolerate non-defensive playing people. That's been his emphasis. He's a he's a floor general. He's a leader. He's all about winning. He's, he doesn't care about his stats. He's about doing whatever it takes to win. If if it comes down to it and he has to do it, you know, Chris Paul is a, is a dog. He's going to go get it. The only thing we talk about Chris Paul for, get on Chris Paul for, is his injuries. Can the guy push but stay healthy enough to get this team or contend with Golden State and push him to seven again and get him over the hump? That's to be seen because uh, James Harden obviously cannot do it alone. And we've seen how these two play. And we've seen when Clint Capella, James Harden, and <clears throat> CP3 are in the mix. These guys are winning the bulk of their games, and uh, they have a winning percentage against some of the elite teams in the West. So it's going to be very interesting to see how all these things pan out. But that's my main takeaway as we get ready to go into camps pretty soon. It's going to be pretty interesting to see Kawhi Leonard and how he's stacking up in, the, in, in Team USA. He hasn't competed on the NBA basketball court in about two, maybe almost two years now. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he looks. I think that's he's doing it for his stock, doing it. And I think you're going to see the Lakers and the Clippers keeping a close eye on that, uh, on, on that camp to see how Kawhi Leonard is doing and, and whether he's still worth the trade or whether they can still will him away from Toronto because that's to be seen. Because with Kawhi Leonard, it's like a magic eight ball. You just never know what you're going to get. 
So that's going to end this podcast. That's your basketball news from Talk That Ish. It's your boy DJ94. I'm going to be back with some more stuff. For my power fans, man, I'm sorry, man. Got a lot of stuff going on personally, but I will get that footage up this week of my discussion of this past episode. And eventually we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to start from the beginning, episode one, two, three, and uh, obviously four. So we'll kind of be going backwards. I guess we'll, go, we'll be on four, three, two, one. That's, that's the kind of, you know, uh, get my two cents, you know, share some laughs, share some stuff I've read on blog about these episodes and and really add some variety and context to uh this platform as well as my nba talk and nfl talk coming up soon y'all gonna get my predictions from each division we'll be breaking down stay tuned for that man as always your boy dj 94 for talk that ish closing out we'll see you next time peace